Welcome to Career Revisionist with Dr. Grace Lee, dedicated to doers, dreamers, and realists who want more success and satisfaction in their life. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a fulfilling career where it's all about doing work you love and growing your income without sacrificing your values? And here's your host. She can't do simple math in her head, but she's great at calculus, Dr. Grace Lee. Have you ever met someone who is just so good at doing math in their head? You know, like like when you're if you're going shopping and all of a sudden you you buy a bunch of items in the grocery store and the prices are all written and have you ever met someone who can just look at each of those prices and just like a human calculator know exactly what it's going to cost and then they're able to calculate the taxes on top of that and what the final bill is going to come out to and then when they give you and then when they give change when they give money and they need change back they know exactly how much they're going to get back like i know people like that and it's just crazy i can never do that i mean that's, i mean that's kind of advanced i guess when they're able to calculate how much what percentage of the taxes and what the final bill is going to come out to be but even doing simple math in terms of adding up prices in their head like more than one like multiple prices and just keep doing that i could never do that and it was so weird because Throughout high school, I always entered these math competitions and I would get, I would win them. Like I would win these math competitions and these competitions were like math word problems, right? And I did this all throughout elementary school, high school as well. I always, every year I entered the math competition. And then in university, I went up to third year calculus and we were doing differentials at that time and integrals. It was really crazy, really advanced stuff. And I got A's. Every year I got A's, all A's in my calculus classes. And yeah, I can't do simple math in my head. I always feel it kind of, it, 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 seems, it sounds kind of silly, but it's just one of those things that I take it for granted that I got a calculator right in my pocket. You know, my smartphone has a calculator and I have like a, a quick button right on the front screen that I can click right into the calculator if I needed to. So I guess that's one of those things that, you know, when you if you don't have to do it, you just don't end up developing the skill for it. And that's exactly what happened with me in terms of simple math. But anyways, I'm not wanting to talk to you about math today or how to learn. That was That's another podcast episode. Today, I want to kind of segue off of an episode I recorded last time. And last time I talked about how to become a more confident speaker, right? How to speak more confidently, how to raise your confidence level. And I thought that, well, I can't talk about confidence without talking about effective communication because true when you are public speaking when you're on stage large audience small audience it doesn't matter you do have to have confidence you have to come across confident so that your audience feels reassured that they're in the right place and that they're listening to somebody who's able to deliver something of value right so that's why that's the other side of why you need to be confident but at the same time as a public speaker you need to communicate effectively because what use is it if you are super confident, if you know your material, you know your audience, but when you go ahead and deliver your message that it doesn't get through and the audience doesn't connect or they just don't understand what you're saying or the message doesn't come across quite like the way you wanted it, right? So that is, that's the key thing. The whole purpose of speaking, public speaking or speaking at large is to communicate and communicating means that there's there's um, a clear understanding of the ideas and the message you want to say, right? And the way to do that is what I'm going to talk about today. So today I want to talk about 10 secrets that you could use to communicate effectively to individuals. And it doesn't matter if you are talking to -to one-to-one or one-to-many. 
right? It's just, if it's just one other person listening to you or a room full of thousands of people listening to you, these secrets apply just the same. Okay, so the first secret is that communicating is a skill that is learned, right? So we all are trying to communicate even as early as your first words as a child, you're trying to communicate. But I've had opportunities to observe this. I don't have children of my own, but I have, I've had opportunities to observe really small children as they're trying to learn to talk. Often they can feel frustrated because they feel a certain way. They are maybe in pain or they're hungry or something is uncomfortable on their body and they just want help with it. But they don't have the vernacular or the language or the words to communicate that and to ask for help. So then they end up betray they end up portraying it with their behaviors, right? Maybe they throw a tantrum or they start yelling or crying or something like that, right? Because that's their communication. But then it's up to the adult, the parents, to figure out what they're trying to say. So that analogy is the same for speakers who are on stage or speaking or, or when you are speaking to one other person. Is that if you don't have the vernacular if you don't have the vocabulary or if you don't have the know-how to describe what you want to say, what you're feeling or your ideas or complex ideas that you've had or visions of a future, whatever that is you are trying to communicate, if you don't have that skill to communicate it through, then it's not going to get through to another person. And chances are whoever you're talking to will not likely have the patience for very long to want to extract that from you or they may be inexperienced they may not know how to extract that from you right it takes a, it takes a certain skill for someone to extract an idea for someone else to ask them the right questions right but your audience is not going to have that patience or the experience or the know-how to extract that from you so you as a speaker have to be able to extract that from yourself and get the message out there so, and know that that is what communicating is that's the whole idea behind communicating, but it's a skill that is learned. So because it's a skill that can be learned, it's good news. That's the good news of it, because as you know, skills can be learned. If you look at the progression of a child from that screaming, tantrum, crying age, then they learn to communicate complete sentences then they learn to enunciate their words more clearly. Then they learn to grow their vocabulary. Then they learn to speak with more proper grammar, right? So that's what I mean. It is a series of steps. So if you know that you've been able to do, to learn to speak up until this point, then you know that you can also improve on your communication. So just know that it is a skill that can be learned, right? And that gives you, that will provide you with the belief to move forward and to improve with that. The second secret is to know who you're talking to. This is important because whenever you are communicating, the whole purpose of that is to give who your, who your listeners are, is to give them an experience. They need to experience what you're saying so that they can take the action they need to take, right? You are communicating your message for a purpose, so you have to know who you're talking to. If you're talking to the right person, if you really want that listener to hear your message, you need to know who they are. You need to know what resonates with them. You need to know what language they use so you can use their language and then therefore 
they can feel like they can relate to what you're saying. They can feel like it's relevant when you use the language that they use. They will immediately feel like what you're saying is relevant, and they will listen, right? And then also know what challenges they're facing and what problems they are trying to solve. Because the thing about communicating effectively is, first of all, they need to feel that they're in the right place. They need to feel that you're the right person, and that that means that they need to feel that there's trust there, right? They you need to be worthy. They need to feel that you're trustworthy, and to do that, to be trustworthy. Means that you understand their problems, you know the problems they're trying to solve, and you know the challenges that, that they're facing. The reason why is because if you can describe their problems better than they can, they will already believe that you have the solution. They'll already believe that you are the expert, the authority that they need to listen to, and they will be more inclined to hear what you have to say. And that sets the foundation of effective communication because you have their ear, you've earned it. So that's how you do it. And get clear on the outcome. What is the outcome that is going to happen after your communication? What action do you want them to take? Or are you simply there to entertain them? Or are you simply there to inform them of something? Or are you there to sell them on something? Right. So get clear on what that outcome is for you, because once you have that outcome clear, then all of your delivery, your whole delivery, what you say, how you deliver it, is going to be. Focused on that outcome, and they're also going to know the purpose, their purpose of why they're listening to you, right? So that all of this, when taken together, forms the basis of effective communication. And the third one is the perfect segue, right? The the third secret is to give them purpose. Everybody will have a filter that they want to know what's in it for me, right? So you you need to tell them why they need to hear what you're about to tell them. You need to tell them why. It's important to them, giving them purpose, because if they're listening to you, if they paid to go to an event, for example, and you're speaking at this event, they will have purchased those tickets for a reason. So, in other words, they have a purpose, but then therefore you have to tell them why they need to hear particularly what you have to say, and if it's not an event. If it is just one not one to one, for example, or if it's one to a small group, and it's not that they paid to come to an event, but somehow you ended up on stage, or you're in front of them, and you're about to tell them something, you're about to tell them an idea or present something to them, you have to give them purpose. If your audience doesn't already have a purpose or know the purpose of why they're here, then you have to connect, help them to connect to a greater purpose of why they need to listen to you. Why what you're about to present is going to be important to them and their lives, right? And that helps set the pre-frame, right? You are framing your communication, and it will allow you to be more effective because you will earn their ear, you will earn their trust, and you will be in a position where they want to hear what you have to say. So the fourth secret is to wrap your message in a story. I mean, I've had one of my mentors tell me that facts they tell, but stories sell, right? And so that is one thing. And it doesn't mean that you have to be selling something at the end of your communication. If you are, then of course tell stories to sell. But if you're not, and you're and you don't have anything to sell, and you just wanted to communicate something, and you wanted to want want to do that effectively. The way to make it stick is to wrap your message in a story, because people remember stories very well. And the reason why is because when you're telling a story, you're telling it from your standpoint, 
right? It's an experience you had, or maybe something that happened in a recent past. And when you tell the story and you inject in that story details about how you felt, details about what happened, chances are your listeners will have gone through a similar thing or they have felt a similar way. And what you're doing when you're telling a story is you're shifting them and you're giving them and allowing them an opportunity to experience your story, but of course, from their standpoint. So when you talk about vivid details, they will in their mind visualize something from their standpoint, of course, but it's powerful because then they will remember what you said because you gave them an experience right there as you told the story. So wrapping the story, wrapping your message in a story will help them to remember what you said. And that's what makes you an effective communicator. Because it's so effective, telling a story is so effective that not only will they remember it, but they will also own it. Because they own the experience of the story that you give them. So when they own it, they are able to recount what you said in their own words. And that makes you super effective because now not only do they remember what you said, but they took ownership of, ownership of it and they can pass that message to someone else as effectively so your legacy can carry onwards. So the fifth secret is to avoid jargon or techno babble, right? Chances are if you are talking about an idea, if you have something in your head that you want to say, you've been the expert in this authority. You've been the expert in this field. Whatever you are talking about, you know your material, you're the expert. So you know all the techno technical knowledge. You have all the technical vocabulary, the jargon about it. And you're super excited about it because that's what you've been geeking out on for a long time. So you know all the ins and out of that material. But your audience doesn't. Right? There are certain members of your audience who are not as far along as you are. Otherwise, why would they listen to you if they are farther along than you, right? So they're listening to you because they want to learn from you or they they know you have an, a particular set of knowledge and they want to, they desire that knowledge from you. So if you are delivering your message and you are communicating with them and you are using all that geek geeking out language, you're using that vocabulary, you're going to lose them. And chances are they're not going to be interested as well because they won't know what you're talking about. So that's why you want to avoid the jargon, avoid the techno babble, because doing so, right, doing so will run the risk of boring them or them not being connected to you. And then therefore they will lose the purpose, lose what am I here for again, lose the what's in it for me, right? You don't, and you don't want to do that. And the sixth secret is a, is a very key segue from that. The sixth secret is to use a fifth to eighth grade reading level, right? And, and I'm, I'm not going to be very specific. Like it doesn't have to be exactly sixth grade or exactly seventh grade reading level, but just a reading grade level that is accessible. You know, and, and a, I don't know if you had an opportunity to listen to some of the speeches that were given by U.S. presidents, but there was an article that I read that analyzed the grade reading level of the president's speeches and president obama gave and and the presidents before him president clinton all of them their speeches were in that grade reading level they were a seventh grade or eighth grade and that's what makes them accessible that's what makes their speech so compelling because a wider audience can listen and feel included and it's interesting because President Trump, his speech was at a fifth grade reading level. So his was the lowest reading level of all the other presidents before him, right? So if you want to be an effective communicator, 
you want to deliver your communication at a reading level that is accessible, which means that you're avoiding the jargon or the technical babble because that is going to be at a much higher reading level. It'll take someone who's received that level of expertise that you have. But of course, it goes back to knowing your audience. If you know that in your audience, everyone is going to be an expert in their own right, then it may be okay to use certain jargon or technical Bible. So that's what I mean. All of these secrets that I'm telling you, you have to use them all in context and all together. Take them all together in the bigger to get a bigger picture on how you can communicate effectively. The seventh secret, seventh secret number seven, is that less is more. So you don't want to cram too many things into one communication. Because here's the thing, people only remember the first and the last thing that you tell them. They remember that the most. It has the strongest impression on them. So that's why it's important that you plan your communication so that you start strong and you finish strong. <laughs> right? Our brains are only capable of bite-sized information. And bite-sized information is very favorable because if it's bite-sized, then we can digest it. I mean, there was one time where I was speaking from stage and earlier on and I was talking about I was talking about the brain and how it responds to stress and why and therefore why stress is actually unhealthy for you. Right? That was that was my talk. And my audience was not they were not neuroscientists, they were not scientists. It was a general audience. I remember, so I was speaking, I was geeking out on the brain, I was speaking about, I was geeking out about physiological response of your kidneys and, and of, of, the, of the cellular mecha- mechanisms. I'm, I'm using technobabble right now, right? And so I was geeking out about, about, about this. And then after my presentation, a couple of people from the audience, they came up and told me, oh, that was so fascinating. But they told me that it went too fast. And I said, what do you mean it went too fast? And they said that the concepts were really good because it was new concept, but they needed a few more seconds to process it. And they said that by the time they processed it, I had already moved on to the next point. And so therefore they missed the next point that I made because in their mind, they were too busy processing the previous point that I made. Right. And so this was really important feedback that I received because I know I talk fast and I know that my vocabulary is very precise. The words that I choose is very precise. And that is feedback that I've gotten in the past as well. And it's because I have a, I've honed my vocabulary and words are very important to me. The way that I studied English was from a principle based methodology. So I'm very precise in the words that I choose and how I convey my messages. But that's beside the point. And here's the thing, the point is, the point that I'm trying to make is that you need to give your audience bite-sized information so that they can digest what you just told them and also insert pauses in between so that there, there are members of your audience who need that extra time to absorb, they can. And so when you are planning, what I do now is when I plan, I give them a bite-sized information, I pause, and then the next thing I say is not a new is not a new piece of information it just reinforces the previous one right so they're not missing out on it and the ones that didn't need as much time to process the next thing i said reinforced the previous one so they got the reinforcement and the ones that needed a, a bit of extra time if they didn't hear my next point well it's okay because it was not new information it just reinforced the previous one you see so these are some tactics 
that I've implemented that allowed me to communicate effectively so that I get my point across and people don't feel like they're missing anything and I'm not losing people in the audience, right? So plan your communication that way and know that they're going to hear the first and last thing. So this comes from, this means the entire conversation, the entire communication piece that you do, they hear the first thing and the last thing. But also if your your presentation is broken down into major bullet headings, for example, major headings. Within each of those headings, they also only hear the first and last thing. So whatever the most important points are for you, that message that you want to get across, the take-home messages, that's what you want to keep in mind. If they remember only the first and last thing, then you position them accordingly. Right, okay. So secret number eight is to beware of culture. Everybody has a different culture. And culture is an extremely important thing. I mean, I would highly recommend a book from written by Erin Meyer and it's called The Culture Map. And she, this is her life work. She talks about doing her research. She travels the world as well and she talks to people from different cultures, you know, different European cultures, different countries in Europe and then also in Asia, North American culture, Australian culture, Middle Eastern culture. Like she is just so well researched. This is her life's work. And she looks at communication styles between the different cultures of the world. Even within Europe, within Asia, there are different cultures, right? There are different preferences and different communication styles. And she has them all really nicely mapped out, you know. And and if you can, I really started to appreciate that all people are on the spectrum of preferences. You just have to know where they are. So when you are aware of the culture, what you're trying to do is to talk to them the way they want to be talked to. And there's subtle things like how much eye contact is appropriate, how much proximity to their body is appropriate. Like you don't want to invade their personal space, but you don't want to be so far away that you seem like you are avoiding them or that it seems like you're disrespecting them. Right? What body language is appropriate for those cultures? And that's what I mean. When you are aware of these things, it allows you to be a more effective communicator. Because when you're communicating, especially when you're communicating one to many, there's going to be a wide variety of cultures in there. So you want to make sure that you're going to choose body language and choose things that you're going to deliver that aren't going to be offensive to certain cultures. So be aware of who you're talking to, what culture do they come from, and what is appropriate, what is appropriate, what is offensive, and what is respectful to everyone. Secret number nine is to know your material well. You want to be well-versed in what you're talking about, right? You need to know your material. You need to know your stuff so that you can be very conversational in delivering the message and so that you can handle any interruptions that come your way and not get sidetracked from those interruptions. Maybe there could be an objection from someone in the audience. Maybe someone interjects a question without being asked. Now, maybe someone gives an unsolicited comment. These things happen in an audience. And if you know your material really well, you won't get sidetracked with those things. So that's what allows you to be more effective is when you, when you know you're focused right? You're, you're focused on delivering your message, but no interruption can cause you to lose that focus because you know your material really well. And when you know your material well, you also don't lose confidence. You appear like you know what you're talking about. It gives the audience trust as well. And then therefore they, you earn their ears and they will listen. 
you sound trustworthy, you also sound professional. And so all of these things, when taken together, it contributes to being an effective communicator, all of them. So the 10th secret, secret number 10, is to provide a summary to tell them what you've just told them. Right, so I know this is a very North American culture. In North America, they teach you, especially when you're growing up in school or if you go to a public speaking class, they always say that the structure of a communication goes like this. First, you tell them what you're going to tell them. Then you tell them. Then you tell them what you just told them. Right, so that's a very North American culture for a presentation. And some cultures around the world, and this is from Erin Meyer's research in her book, The Culture Map, she says that cultures in Asia and certain colleges in Europe, they do not do that. They do not have a summary in the beginning, or they do not have an agenda in the beginning, and then a summary or a conclusion slide at the end. They don't do that. There's no expectation for doing that. So that, that's what I mean. That's why you have to be aware of the culture that you're talking to and talk to them the way that they want to be talked to. Because if you're in a culture that does not look for does not do agenda and they don't do the summary or the conclusion slide and you happen and you do it because you're from North America and that's your default, then they're going to feel impatient with you or they might feel that, why are you, why are you summarizing what you just told us? We heard you already and they may feel insulted or they might feel like a bit patronized because you are holding them by the hand too much. You see what I mean? How these cultures could work, right? But when I'm saying here, my, my secret number 10, when I say provide a summary, what I mean is just to reinforce your points, right? Whatever, when you deliver from stage or when you're delivering one-to-one and you have told, when you have delivered a communication, it's always a good idea to give them just a bite-sized reinforcement of what you just said. Because in that way, they can come away from it, remembering the last thing you said, and therefore that's how you can finish strong, right? They remember the last thing you said and maybe... It could be an action item or it could be an empower, a, a, a comment where you empower them to take a certain action or it could be something like that, a call to action. Whatever that summary is, that's where you want to finish strong. And that's how you can leave that impression and sometimes a very long lasting impression of delivering the message that you need them or that you want them to hear. Right. So that's what these these are the secrets. Right. So the, uh, again, um, again, it, it's about. It's all about communicating. It's all about knowing that this is a skill that you can learn. It's about knowing your audience, giving them a purpose and telling them why they need to hear what what you're about to say, right? Telling stories, being good at story, wrapping your message in these stories, right? Keeping it at an accessible reading level, avoiding this jargon and language that people won't understand, keeping your points bite-sized, you know, less is more being aware of cultures, delivering your material well because you know your stuff and having a, re- a reinforcement at the end so that it's, it, it solidifies what you've just told them. Right, so that these are the secrets, and I know that well. They're not secrets. A lot of a lot of public speakers practice them as well. And if you are wanting to get better, I, I always say this: mirror what works mirror people who are successful. So go out there and find, go to events, go to seminars and connect with people who you see are successful at public speaking and look what they do, observe what they do. Because when you mirror what is successful, then you can have that success and you can recreate that success for yourself. 
Right. So this is Grace. And thank you for listening to another episode of Career Revisionist. If you like this, if you enjoyed the content, you had an aha moment, tell me, I would love to hear from you. What are you going to implement? How are you, what steps are you going to take to become a more effective communicator? So I invite you to leave me a comment. Let me know. Just go to iTunes and leave me a review there as well. Your honest feedback with your aha moments as well. And your reviews are very important to me. I read every single one of them. If you have questions, you can leave those there for me as well. If you're not on iTunes, of course, just go to careerrevisions.com slash podcast and choose your favorite platform. And I look forward to your questions. And sometimes I even answer them in my episode. So thank you for listening to this episode on communicating effectively. And I look forward to hanging out with you again in my next episode.